we have all kinds of feelings about Christmas. I know I have way different feelings than my four-year-old does right now, for instance, right? The big difference between three and four years old, we found that out yesterday. Uh, yesterday, my wife, Courtney, tried to get ahead of things. She was wrapping some presents, so she decided to wrap our kids' stockings and put them in the stockings last year. Henry didn't notice it. This year, he noticed it. And uh, so all day yesterday, he's like, how about we just uh, go ahead and unwrap our stocking, right? All day. And we're like, let's get out of the house. We got out of the house. I mean, like hours go by. How about we just open that stocking up? How about that? You know, and, and then we got dinner. We went and saw Christmas lights. Oh, isn't that great? It's lights. How about we just open those stockings up? And so Courtney finally said, buddy, we can't open those up until Christmas Day. So we go home, and he didn't talk about it for a while. And then we get home, and he goes, how about this? How about I take a long nap, and then I wake up, and it's Christmas, and I can open them up, right? And, and so Courtney said, buddy, you're going to have to sleep for 23 days. And he really thought about it. He really, like, thought, can I do that? And it was kind of, but it's a little different. This year, he discovered the Grinch. So we've already watched it about 10 times. Thank you very much, Netflix. We've watched that. Like, I'm just sick of it already. Frosty is Snowman is on Netflix. It's not the original Frosty. It's a different Frosty. It's one that Henry likes to watch. It, I don't know what it is. It's called The Legend of Frosty the Snowman. Have you seen? It's terrible. It is awful. And he, said, he found it last year, and he wanted to watch it this year, and he said, can I watch it? And I said, buddy, nah, let's not watch that one. It's just, it's just bad, and that's what I said. I don't like it. It's not a very good movie. And he took that as he's, not, he's forbidden to watch it. He th that's how he took it. So I came home from work, and, and his grandma was watching him that day, and he goes, Dad, I got I to gotta tell you something. He whispered it. And he goes, I watched the bad Frosty. Like he was just admitted it to me. I feel solid about his conviction, but I got to watch how I say things to him. But he's a little more into Christmas this year than he was last year. Kind of gets me a little bit more excited. It's going to be a little fun for me. You know, we have all kinds of feelings about Christmas. And so here's what we're going to do, just right out of the gates, right off the bat for us, of what we're going after here in this place. We are going after a simple Christmas. And for a lot of us, here's what I think, for a lot of us, just hearing that phrase, simple Christmas, sounds, it's like, yes, that's, that's kind of what I want. I want a simple Christmas. There's something about it that sounds right in the world we live in, the culture that we live in. So we just want over the next four weeks for this to be a place we're taking Christmas in, and we're taking the time to be looking at God's simple messages to us in the gift that he gave us in Jesus. So that's what we're going to do. So uh, let's get to it. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab those and open them up to the book of Romans. We're going to be in Romans chapter 15. Romans is the sixth book of the New Testament if you're looking for it. Uh, so you could jump there if you're electronic or using the Bible app. You want to know the translation that I'm using. I'm in the ESV, the English Standard Version. Uh, now as you're opening up there, I'm, I'm excited about this series. I'm really excited because here's the big idea. This is a big idea that we have for everybody. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Here's what we are getting at. See, your ability... My ability to get the most out of Christmas. See, it, it depends on my capacity to take hold of the simple things. That our ability to actually get the most out of Christmas, it really depends on our capacity to actually take hold of and internalize the simple things. It's not what you could spend on Christmas. It's not packing your schedule so full of things. Because really, when we do that sometimes, I don't know if we, if we know this or not, but when we overdo something, you know, it actually gives us a tendency to overlook what really does matter, what really makes a difference. If you think about it, you know, a lot of our favorite Christmas memories are in the simple things, aren't they? 
I mean, if you think about your own memories and what you love as a kid, I mean, it's simple things. I remember my favorite memories. One of them is going to my grandma's house. All of our family would go there, and we would do some things, and we would sing songs. And we would sing the 12 days of Christmas, and everybody had a permanent part. I was three French hens. I crushed it every year. I crushed three French hens. It was like nobody could have that, right? I mean, I remember that was a huge memory. It still is to this day. Simple, simple thing. Or uh, one of the things that I have just in my brain is eating the first batch of Christmas cookies my mom made. Like right out of the oven. It's just a simple, simple thing that I remember. Nowadays, for us, if for me and my family, I think about um, our favorite thing to do is we just did it yesterday drive around other uh, places, St. Albans, and places to look at the Christmas lights. You know, I don't decorate so good, so I say, This is what it looks like, buddy. Like that's what we do. You know, I'm like, So I'm not so good. Uh, I want him to understand what that looks like. Exterior illumination is important. I don't do so good at it. But we, it's a memory that we have. It's simple. We just drive around, we look at lights. You know, I love looking at our Christmas tree. For us, our Christmas tree, uh, we have a lot of f- family heirlooms on there, we have, and we also have a lot of pictures, a lot of family. I just love sitting down, some of you just looking at our Christmas tree. It's a simple thing for me. I'm sure you have your list too, and here's what I'm willing to bet. My, my bet is, more often than not, they're the simple things that we look back to to say, those are the memories that I love. So I want us to take that. And I want us to look into Jesus this Christmas. And over the next four weeks, we're going to try and capture a message that is really simple, but it can make the biggest difference in how Christmas will be done for those of us who are in Christ. That's what we're going to do. So how it's going to look, what we're going to do is we're just going to look at four simple things that Jesus gives us. That he gives us simple hope, simple peace, simple joy, and simple love. That's what we're going to be doing over the next four weeks. And today is simple hope, that Jesus gives us a simple hope. Listen to what Romans 15 says. If you found your way there and your Bible's there, it'll be up on the screens if you didn't. Let's see what the writer says about hope here in Romans 15, verse 13. He says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. So, Hope is a word that we use a lot. It's, it's a word that is pretty common in our vocabulary. We say it a lot. So we commonly say it, we commonly hear it, right? We hope it starts snowing. Or maybe, you know, for me, maybe I hope it doesn't snow. Or we hope the in-laws leave soon, yeah? Or we hope the interview goes well. We use the word hope a lot. And I also believe, not only do we use it a lot, I also believe this word hope, when we really think about our lives, this word hope is essential for life. It's essential for, for our life to be flourishing, this word hope. If you think about humanity and, and the history and all the, the past eras, people have endured all kinds of turmoil, right? gone through all kinds of the worst of things, lost money, lost jobs, lost health, reputation, relationships, persecution, survived the unimaginable. The one thing that you cannot survive is the loss of hope. Hope is essential for life. So we know this word hope. Hope is a word we use. Hope is a word that, that we say. Some of us are hoping right now. A lot of us are actually hoping right now. But there are some issues in how we use the word hope and what we think about the word hope compared to what true hope really is. That's what I want to talk about this morning. And in order to get us there, I want you to, to do an exercise right now and just think about something really quick. I want you to think about not just what you hope for, but what do you put your hope in? What are you hoping? Where do you place your hope? Where are you putting things in hopes that it's just going to work out or that it's going to fill you up or satisfy your desire? It's a hope for that job or that engagement to happen. It's a hope for that house thing to come through. You know, sometimes, you know, maybe it's more serious. The hope for, for physical health 
or recovery from things like that. But let me tell you, the problem that we have with the, the way that we actually use this word hope, my problem is hoping in stuff like this. And just for example, like, see, if your ultimate hope is for physical health, see, you're gonna eventually be let down because this ailment might get healed. This one might get healed that we over, but there's another one that's probably gonna come down the road. You see, the truth is, we're all fragile. Like, we're all terminal. It's just some of us have more time than others. So, so where do you put your hope? Let me talk about this for a second because some of you here today, this could actually be a defining moment for your soul with you and the hope that God brings to you. What if hope, the way that we understand it, is altogether different than what we're used to or using it for? What if? See, hope, God's hope is fundamentally different. It's fundamentally different than how most of us use it or know it. You know, a lot of times, and I'm gonna uh, get us through some exercise, a lot of times when we say, I hope, a lot of us, and every one of us have used the word hope, you can fill in the blank with however you've said it in the past or just the other day or even this morning. A lot of times when we say, I hope, it's actually based on something. I don't know if you thought about this. It's based on uncertainty, right? We say things like, hey, I hope mom gets here safe. Or, hey, I really hope I get that job. Or we say our only hope is if he fumbles, right? That's what we say. And then when we say it that way, when we express hope like that, I don't know if you think about this, we're actually expressing uncertainty when we use hope like that. I don't know if you thought about that. Saying, I hope mom gets here safe is saying, I don't have a certainty that she will or she won't, but I'm, I'm crossing my fingers that she does. I hope she gets here safe. Saying, I hope he gets that job is saying, maybe he will, maybe he won't. So there's an uncertainty around that. And so you gotta catch this. I'm telling you, this really could change your view on hope. See, biblical hope, God's hope, isn't just a desire for good things to happen. It's not a fingers crossed kind of thing with uncertainty behind it. Here's what hope is. And what I'm calling this is Christian hope. And if you're taking notes, here's what hope is. It's very different from how we use it. Here it is if you're taking notes. Christian hope is a confident expectation for good things in the future. That, that hope in God's understanding and how he gives, it's a confidence. There's a confidence that happens. Christian hope is totally different because it's not just, listen gang, here it is. It's not just that we desire for a good thing. It's that we expect it. And not only that, but there is a certainty that something good is here, is coming, and will be done. In the Bible, the word hope is used over 200 times. And the more you look at it, the more you study it, wherever you take it from, the Old Testament and the New Testament, as you extract it and you bring it into context and you look at how this word is used. See, this is what the whole word, this is what it points to every time. It points to this simple word, but it's so positive and so amazing. It is a confident expectation for good things to happen. You look in the book of Hebrews, here's what it says about hope. It says that we feel sure of better things. Man, we feel sure of better things, things that belong to salvation, to have the full assurance of hope, the full assurance of hope until the end. That's God's hope right there. That's God's hope. We feel sure of it. In Romans, here's what it says in Romans 5 about it. It says that through Christ, we get to rejoice in something, that through Christ, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So let's look again. I want to go back to where we started here in Romans 15 and, and look at what the writer, what Paul is getting at with the hope that we have with the arrival of Jesus. Look at it again. Here's what he says it's up on the screen. He says, may the God of hope, may the God of hope. You know, if you walk away with anything today, here's what I want you to walk away with. Walk away with this. God is the foundation of hope and Jesus is the fulfillment of that hope. 
That God is the foundation of hope and Jesus is the fulfillment of that hope. See, when Paul says, may the God of hope, he is declaring something here to us about our heavenly father. He's declaring something with certainty about it. Here's what he's saying. He isn't saying that God finds hope. And he's not saying that God kind of somehow inspires hope. No, no. He's saying God is the originator of hope. That he is the creator of hope. And here's what is really beautiful about this one line and why I want us to focus on it a little bit this morning. This is, this is why it's so important for us not to just shake our heads up and down, but just really internalize it. Here's the thing. So because God is hope, not that he inspires it, but because he is hope, see, then hope isn't based on probabilities. It's not based on uncertainty. Hope is actually based on a promise. Real, true hope is based on a promise that there is certainty There is certainty to our expectation of good things to come. See, that's a different hope altogether than that job coming through, than that relationship to work out, than that fumble happening, than the in-laws leaving tomorrow, you know? I love my in-laws, by the way. I'm just saying, like, I don't, if you hear me on their in-laws, I love you guys. So here's what we need to know. Here's what we need to know. This is really fascinating to think about. Here's what we, every single one of you does this, and and there's no exceptions. Here's the thing, we all hope. We're all hopers. Every single one of us has used that word. Every single one of us has felt that word. We're all hopers. And it's there. This is what I want you to catch. It's there because God made us have a hunger for it. He made us have a hunger for hope. It's like a map that points us to greater things to come. It's just that sometimes what we do is we misplace our hope in things or health or that job. We place it in probability. Listen, we place it, misplaced in in a way in uncertainty. That's what we do with it. But God, see, here's the thing. God put hope in us to point to, not a certainty, but a promise. He wanted to point us to a promise that as we walk through life, and you know this, you know this, we walk through this life and we look at things that are not right. We look at things, injustices, we know this stuff's messed up. We know there are things we see that don't fit how humans should be if they're made in God's image. And here's the thing, God knew this too. He knew this, and so he made a promise to us from the very beginning, he made a promise. His map to it was hope. Do you ever think about that? That's crazy. He made a promise, and his map to that promise is the hope that we have, that we hope for a greater thing to happen. And for us, that's, that's what comes in Jesus. And the whole Testament points to it. The entire Old Testament points to this hope, this greater thing. If you go to the book of Isaiah, if you want to open there with me, we're going to be in Isaiah chapter 9. Uh, we're going to be in Isaiah 9, and then, and then we're going to be there for a minute, and you can mark John chapter 1. We're going to be there for a few minutes. So if you look in the Old Testament, see... What we see is people, even thousands of years ago, they were recognizing that something wasn't right. They, they were actually seeing that the world needed help, that we were longing for something better. And this is thousands of years ago. And so prophets started talking about this coming promise, this coming hope, this Messiah that was coming. People started buzzing around about what this was that God was doing. And so let's read one of these from Isaiah chapter 9. This is what was going on in Isaiah Nine, and we're going to look here in verse two really quick with what it says about this. Now, check this out, what he says about the world thousands of years ago. Here's what he says in verse two. He says, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Wow. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. What's that light? Drop down to verse six. Here's what it says. It says, for to us, in verse six, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This was the prophecy given. 
thousands of years ago. This was 700 years, by the way, 700 years before Jesus was born. And it was a hope for better things. That in our time of darkness, it says, that we have a time of darkness. And you know what, gang? You know when the last place you expect to see a light was when we were in our time of darkness. But, but when you don't expect it, when you don't think it's coming, when it's not anywhere close, he's saying light's there, hope is here, hope is coming. A confident expectation to look forward to with the Messiah coming. Even if it wasn't in their lifetime when the prophets wrote it. And then something happened after this was written. And that something that happened was nothing. Hundreds of years go by, nothing. And you know, maybe in there, hope gets a little, little messy for some. You know, maybe for some of you here this morning, hope's a little messy for you. Maybe some of you right now need some hope. Maybe you have a hard time seeing God show up and it's hard to have a confidence like, like we're talking about, like what the Bible says. And I want you to know here that you're not alone. The thousands of years ago, God's people were holding on with this confident expectation. They were holding on with everything they have. And my guess is that some of them maybe had some issues, maybe had some challenges holding on to that hope with their, with their confidence. But, but know this, here's what they need to know. And here's what you need to know this morning, brother or sister. God keeps his promises. He doesn't lie. And from the very beginning, he made good on our hope because it's here. Let's keep reading. Let's go to John chapter one. Let's talk about what this light is that comes in the darkness John 1. Verse 1. It says, In the beginning, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him, not anything was made that was made. In him was life, and the life, listen, was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Maybe there's some of you here today that need to hear a message of hope. Well, I'm going to tell you, it's here. It's here. In that darkness, the light shines. It has come. The promise has come. The light comes in the darkness. Hope's here. And here's the thing. God knew that it didn't need to be something, but he knew it needed to be somebody. Jesus came to be the light that shines in the darkness. Jesus is what triumphs over sin and death and darkness. You need to know, believer, if you're a brother or sister in here, your hope is way bigger, way better than any circumstance that you hope changes right now in your life. It's way bigger, way better than any physical thing here like a job coming through or that relationship being what you put all your eggs in the basket of or the government or your politics or your ideology or whatever it is. There is a hope that is bigger and better than any of that. And here's why, because it is hope satisfied. It is a guarantee. It is a confident expectation for a good thing that came, is here, and is coming again. There is a hope you can hold on to. Isn't that awesome? It's amazing. And here's what's even better about this hope. It gets better. It gets better. See, because God is hope, what we read about in Romans 15, why that's important is because he has enough to give it and then give it some more. He has an abundant supply of hope. He wants to give it to you. Maybe you need to hear that this morning. Maybe some of you are here and you need a little more hope. Well, he can give it to you. He can give it to you. I don't think there's anyone who doesn't need it. Just know God who is hope can give you hope because he's the originator and the creator of that hope. He has hope for you, not to ration it on you, Here's what you need to hear. He wants to lavish it on you in the name of Jesus Christ with a certainty of what the future will bring. What's so simple? What's so simple about God's hope? Here's what's so simple about it. It's that it's based on a promise and it's satisfied through a person, Jesus. That's what's simple about hope for you this Christmas season. 
It's that it's based on a promise and it's fulfilled in a person, Jesus. So what do we do? What do we do with that hope? I mean, that's what we got. That, like, there's gotta be something that happens because of this. What does having simple hope do for those of us in Christ? What would an expectation be? Here's the way I think of it. What would an expectation be of someone looking in on somebody who has a hope like that, a, 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 an expectation that's certain of good things that happen? So, so what do we see someone who has hope like that? Here's what God's hope should do, and here's what God's hope does do in the life of those of us who are followers of him. See, God's hope expresses itself in a ton of different ways. In a lot of ways, that's how I describe But I wanna focus in on two this morning and actually give us a challenge with these two expressions of God's hope for us over the Christmas season. So the first thing that God's hope does is it actually causes us to persevere. That there is a perseverance for those of us who have hope in Christ. Here's what perseverance is. This is what perseverance is. It's a continuing on. It's a pressing forward. That's what perseverance is. See, it's proving our hope by stepping forward in obedience to God regardless of what's going on around us, regardless of the circumstances and what comes. Christian hope is what enables us to endure what happens and then listen, and then doing the next thing. See, it enables us to endure, but it also, it actually helps us do the next thing. You know, maybe for some of you here, maybe sometimes the next thing looks like filling out the next job application because your hope isn't in a job, so you just fill out the next one. You know, maybe, maybe it looks like uh, just going to work, you know, because maybe that's not a place where hope is, but that, that's what perseverance does. It's, you know what, I'm gonna go. Maybe the next thing is just coming here. Maybe, maybe that's, an, maybe, maybe the next thing for some of us right now, if we're honest, is just getting out of bed. But that's what it could do. That's, it, it enables us to withstand what's going on and do the next thing. It's studying for that next test, even though that first test, maybe I blew it, but man, I'm gonna study for the next one. It's opening up your Bible again. It's opening up again. See, we press on. We do the next thing because of the hope that we have that's certain for us in Christ. When I think of perseverance, I always think about this psalm. It's Psalm 42.5, and it just kind of gives me this understanding. It says, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil with me? Listen, hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation. I love this reminder. I love this direction because the best thing that I could ever focus on is hope in God. The best thing that I could ever do when I actually let somebody down or when somebody lets me down is hope in God. The best thing that you could ever do when you're set back or put down or on the brink or when you're in temptation, the best thing you could ever say to yourself is in these three simple words, hope in God. We persevere, listen gang, because we have a confidence in who we have in Jesus. We have a certainty. We wouldn't be able to persevere if we weren't certain, but we have a certainty, so it causes us to persevere. So here's my hope for you this season. I'm gonna give you a challenge in each one of these two things. So in perseverance, here's my challenge. My hope is that you would increase over the next four weeks with God, wherever you're at. My hope is that you increase with your time with God so that perseverance can be showing up to actually guard the hope that you have in Jesus. Because here's what I know. And here's what you know. It's not gonna get any easier over this season. There's gonna be stress and there's gonna get busyness and there's just gonna be tiring and all that stuff. There's gonna be materialism coming in, there's commercialism coming in. So increase with God. That's what I, here's my challenge. Increase with God. You know, increase your time with God. I wanna challenge you to increase your Bible time. Write that down. Increase my Bible time. If you're reading two times a week, read four. If you're reading once a day, read twice. 
Increase with God. Get a book to read over this Christmas season. There's a ton of great Christmas books you can get. Go to Lifeway. Check out a book. Max Lucado has about a billion of them. Like, get one of those and read over the Christmas season. Increase with God in that way. Read the scriptures that were given to you in your service, guys. You'll see on the bottom, over every message we're having this Christmas, we're going to give you five scriptures to focus on over the week, during the week. So increase your time in those. Just, just take your service guide with you. Go into those scriptures. Read and meditate around the simple hope that we teach about. And so we're going to give you scriptures around each word each week. Increase, increase, increase. I'm telling you guys, it's not going to get any less crazy for you. But here's what I'm willing to bet. Here's what I'm willing to put on the line. When we navigate this busyness and the stress, if we can increase with God, then we will be reminded more and more of the hope that we have. And that hope is actually going to increase our perseverance, which will fuel our hope. And it's like a flywheel. And I'm telling you, it will bring more life into what you're doing. So increase. What would, here's what I ask you. What would the next 20 days look like in your life, in your marriage, in your work circumstance, in your relationship? What would the next 20 days look like if you increase with God? Here's the thing, I know the answer. And so do you. Take the challenge, increase with God. Help that perseverance get moving. So let perseverance fuel the hope and let hope actually get into the perseverance that causes us to go uh, and, and endure anything that God brings. So that's the first thing that, that hope does. The second thing that hope does is it inspires us to encourage it inspires us to encourage. That hope causes us to actually say and do things that are encouraging to people around us. Hope does not inspire us to break each other down. Hope does not do that. We actually have the opportunity, the ability, because of the hope we have in Christ, to give words and actions that have life in them. And then we get away from the things that don't have life in them. That's what hope should do in those of us who are in Christ and have the hope of, of, the, of the confidence that we have in Jesus. So, so it's in Christ in you that knows the kind of encouragement other people need. So, so again, just thinking through this, a defining characteristic, by the way, a defining characteristic of a Christian is that we should always be moving towards need and encouragement. Always. We should always be moving towards need and encouragement. So my hope is we work through this understanding of hope and then we're gonna be looking at these other words over the series that we work through these is that they don't terminate at us, but that they actually pass through us. Like this week, this, this word hope, it shouldn't just stop at us. That's not what hope does. It actually goes through us to people we encounter. Hope inspires us to reach out and encourage other people around us. So this Christmas, here's what we're gonna do. We're actually putting something to action here as a church. And I really believe if we take hold of this and do this challenge, we're gonna see our communities change. We're gonna see God actually infiltrate a whole lot of lines that we don't really believe could be infiltrated. We have these sharing kindness cards. And they're out there in the log. We've got thousands of them, thousands of them, because I believe that you're going to take them. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a stack, take a couple, take as many as you want, and I want you to actually be praying as you take these today and over the Christmas season, and if you run out, come get some more next week and be praying to God, God, give me some opportunities to share kindness with somebody. Give me an opportunity to actually spread some hope a little bit to somebody I don't know, to maybe somebody that I do. And then actually do these acts of kindness. Do these things for people. Do these random things. Do whatever it is. And then when you do the act of kindness, give the card. Now, it's really important to know this card is not kindness. It just says sharing. You are the kindness. You can't like throw a card and like go like that. You can't. That's not going to, they're going to be weirded out by that. And it's, it's going to say sharing kindness. Like, what was that? So it's, you're the kindness, okay? Like you got to be so, so that's what we want to do, right? You got to do the kindness first before you give them a card, okay? But it's an opportunity to maybe talk to somebody. To maybe just come along their side and, and do something for somebody and share the hope you have and love people well. It, it could be tipping extravagantly to maybe a server that's sharing their story a little bit to you, and you could just feel like they, they have a lot of need right now, and you just, I mean, just give them a crazy tip. 
and you just give them a card. It could look like all kinds of different things. It could be maybe paying for somebody's groceries in front of you and just say, hey, let me get that. I'm gonna get that, and you just give them a card. Maybe it could, it could look like all kinds, maybe paying for somebody's food behind you at the drive-thru. It could be, you know, just again, somebody that you see needs an ear to listen and just listen and just help them and, and maybe give them a card. And you know, I was talking to a friend of mine about this the other day, and he plays at a, a tennis uh, facility there. And he's like, man, that's really cool. I'm gonna get a bunch of brand new uh, uh, things of tennis balls, and I'm gonna put a card on them, and I'm gonna set them all around the course for everybody to just have free tennis balls over the next couple weeks and to share that with his friends and his, and his folks around. I thought that was a great idea. And then after you do that, when you do these things, to give them a card, give them a card. And then what's going to happen, why this card is important, is the back of that card is actually going to point them to a place that actually says why they got the kindness from you. They're going to say, hey, you just got, you just got shared kindness and here's why. And then what we want to do is give those people an opportunity to share the story of what you did. We really believe that there's going to be something worth capturing here if we do this in a church of 2,000 people, including our Charleston campus. We're going to do it up there too. So they can share their story, and then it can point to the purpose of God's love for them by going to this site. I'm telling you, I think, I believe the simple kindness card can be a huge impact around the people that we love and people that we don't even know. I just think we could do it so we can spread the hope around our community over the next four weeks. This is so important. So important. I've been, I don't know, I know you've been too, just been looking around a lot at the news and the things that are happening, and I'm just like, man, what is going on in this world, right? We think about all the tragedy going on. It just seems like there's a lot of bad stuff. It seems like... Everywhere you turn, and it's just horrific, and you go down this, I know I've gone down this route just feeling kind of helpless, and it's kind of like, man, this is bad. This stuff's just not good, and you, and you wonder, man, this world's messed up. It's bad, 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 but you know what? Over the years, here's what I've taught myself. Here's what I've learned through mentors that I've had in my life, in my life with Jesus. You see, you know, this isn't anything new. Like, the, there are things happening, and while I wish for no tragedy to ever be going on or anything like that, while I wish nothing bad ever happened, see, when it does, what I've taught myself to do and what I've been learning to do is look for the helpers. You know, in every tragedy, you're going to find helpers. There's going to be people that are still caring and still loving, and that's what you can actually see every time. I want to challenge you to do that. Next time you look, look for the helpers. Here's what I want to tell you. You're the helpers. You, you have this hope in you. Don't look for the helpers. You're the helpers. Be the helpers in our community. I believe we can really do this. I believe it's our duty as hope-filled people in the name of Jesus Christ to be those wherever we are, regardless of what's going on. We don't have to wait for something bad. Let's do it all the time. Okay, let's, we could do that. So let's spread the, the, the hope that we have in these kind of scars. I really think that could take off. So, so be bold and hold on to the hope that you have by, you, by really going in this perseverance and, and increase your time with God and then show the hope that you have through these cards. These are the two things I'm gonna challenge. Now, it's simple, but I'll tell you, I know it's a challenge. I don't know how many of us are gonna do it, but I'm, I'm just gonna challenge us to do these, these two things, these two things over this Christmas season. Let's see what God does to share this hope that we have. God's hope is here. God's hope is here, and it's a hope we can hold on to, and it's a hope that will never, ever disappoint. It's something to think about, and it's something to be reminded of for this simple Christmas, isn't it? So let's pray that we can hold on to that hope this Christmas season. God, thank you that you love us. Thank you that not only do you love us, that you made us a way to understand the hope that you have. You made a map for the promise that you made us in Jesus. It's really crazy to think about, God, that the hope that I have, even though I misplace it sometimes when I put my hope in uncertainty, that that's a map to Jesus. That's a map to the promise that you made me, that you made the world, that you made us. May I just make good on the hope that I have. God, allow us to persevere in that. 
Allow us to actually be doing things, increasing in time with you so that we can actually be feeding into the hope that feeds into our perseverance, that fuels the actual abundant life that you want to give us. Help us to do that in here this morning and and help us show the hope. Help us share kindness and hope in this world. May we be uh, the messengers that you want us to be with the hope that we have in Jesus because we are certain, we're not uncertain, we we are sure of the hope that we have until the end. And when we see you forever, we have work to do here. We pray for all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, go share some hope in the world, and we'll see you next week. Hey.